0: Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Ministry Minded Podcast, a show that seeks to marvel at the mercy of God that meets us in our messy ministries. I'm your host, Pastor Brad Gray. I serve as the lead pastor of Stonington Baptist Church right here in Paxinus, Pennsylvania. Uh, What a blessing it is to be uh, talking to you once again. Uh, uh, There was uh, a reprieve there for a couple weeks Uh, from episodes and that's just related to the busyness of my current schedule and all of the things that go on with pastoring a church. Uh, But I've uh, been really Uh, thankful for some of the things I've been reading and reflecting upon, and uh, I'm really excited for today's episode in which I get to talk about um, the affection that God has for some of the unnoticed things, the things that we often don't really take conscious notice of. Also for, we could call it the precariousness of delivering God's word, the precariousness of preaching, and what it looks like when the gospel takes on the experience, or we could say takes on the image of a tornado. Uh, I want to talk about all that kind of stuff today, and hopefully you can find a a lot of encouragement, a lot of blessing, and a lot of enrichment as we go through these articles and just kind of reflect upon them. And may you be uh, just grow in uh, your affections for Jesus, and may you grow uh, in your fondness for the things of God's Word. That's really what this show is about, and uh, hopefully you can be in enriched and encouraged by all this. So, uh, before we get there, here's a quick word from the sponsor, uh, fresh roasted coffee. Uh, and then we'll get right into what we have for you today you like coffee? I know that you do, and that's why I want to tell you about Fresh Roasted Coffee. Fresh Roasted is a locally owned and operated coffee house right here in central Pennsylvania that is committed to providing the highest quality coffee on earth. They do so by sourcing only the freshest coffee beans and by using the most eco-friendly roasting technology in the world. Fresh Roasted's USDA-certified organic coffee beans ensure that your coffee is consistently regulated at each stage of the production process and completely free of GMOs and harmful synthetic substances. Fresh Roasted Coffee roasts their beans per order with immediate packaging and shipping directly to your door, meaning that you get to experience fresh coffee at its peak drinkability. That's what I like. I was introduced to fresh roasted coffee soon after moving to central Pennsylvania and I'm so happy I was because I think it's literally the best coffee out there their Blackbeard's Revenge blend is out of this world good whether you use a regular drip coffee maker or a pour over or a French press however you get your coffee fix make it fresh roasted go to the link in the notes for this show and use the offer code GRACE10 at checkout that's offer code GRACE10 at checkout to get a discount on your next order So, uh what about this? Um I hadn't heard about this before and so I'm betting that you hadn't heard about it either. So, uh but I'll ask you anyways. Have you ever heard of the Venezuelan poodle moth? Um probably not. Um <laughs> I hadn't heard of it either until um my friend from Mockingbird Sam Bush wrote about them in a recent article for For Mockingbird. Um and it, so apparently, uh, the Venezuelan poodle moth um, wasn't a. It wasn't even discovered until 2009. It's a species of moss uh, of moth that is incredibly elusive, uh, incredibly obscure, and seemingly has really no impact on the Earth's ecology uh, and, and the Earth's environment or anything like that. It's not like if you were to take them out, it doesn't at least on the surface of them, um, it, it doesn't appear as if they would have a great impact from their disappearance. We haven't even uh, been able to understand their impact on the world um, f- for 2,000 years or even before that. So so all of that to say, this is a very strange sort of random discovery. Um, again, that wasn't discovered until 2009. And I think it has left a lot of people... You, you might even be asking the question, what's the point of this animal? What's the point of this insect? Um, if it doesn't really have that much of a point at all. Um, and I think the point as uh, and I'm going to let Sam kind of take the reins here uh, um, is that they wonderfully example the type of God that we have. Um, we have a God who is very fond of unnoticed things and, um, Listen to what Sam writes. Sam writes this in his, in his piece, quote, In God's eyes, there is nothing useless in nature. While the Venezuelan poodle moth did not have to exist, God saw it and called it good. God did not create out of necessity, checking another item off his to-do list, but joyful Love. Nature has its laws, but no real goals, per se. Each meager creature gives glory to God simply by being what it is, however unnecessary or flawed it may seem. By simply existing, nature is obedient to its maker. God is not a passive God, watching from afar, but he is a God who moves amid the riven that is broken things he's made. What might seem to be imperfect it the very place of God's active grace. In other words, Sam writes, creation goes beyond showing us who God is. It shows us how God acts. God goes to every riven thing he's made and everything, it turns out, is put back into its proper place. Though our lives might seem riven, might seem damaged or unnecessary from one day or year to the next, not even the one Venezuelan poodle moth falls to the ground without the Father knowing. In a world that feels like pure chaos, there is an orderliness after all. In fact, the intricacy of the planet itself is a sign of God's constant plan and provision. I love what... Sam is alluding to here by writing again about this obscure unnoticed insect called the Venezuelan poodle moth and he's pointing out that just the reason for it for its existence points to the intimacy and the intricacy of God's love for this planet in a world where everything important has some sort of utility has some sort of profitability the Venezuelan poodle moth shows that that's not always true. They show us that ours is a God of grace who's mindful of every last square inch of the thing that he spoke into existence. <laughs> It reminds me of Psalm uh, Psalm 8, where David is just exuberant over this God who is mindful of him. And he's almost at a loss for words at the fact that this God, who who is everywhere showing his handiwork, is mindful of us. So much so that as David prophesied that this God would visit us. And in fact, as we learn from the book of Hebrews, that's exactly what God has done. In the person and work of his son, he visits us, and he and Jesus himself embodies that mindfulness, that that intimacy, that intricacy of God's love for us. It's born out in the person of Jesus. That's who our God is. And leave it to an obscure poodle moth to teach us that lesson that our God has a great and astounding love for, yes, even the unnoticed things. So we, too, can take heart, I think, in that. Um, I think sometimes our lives um, feel unnoticed. They feel unknown. They, they feel as though they are lost behind an array of, of, of things that get more attention, that get more notoriety. And in actuality, God sees you right where you are take heart, listener. God knows you. God sees you. God is aware of what you're enduring. He's aware of what you're going through. Um, he knows exactly what you're feeling and he's mindful. And yes, even he has an abundance of grace for your heartache, whatever that might look like, whatever form that might take. Um, I'm so thankful for this piece from Sam. Uh, reflect upon it. Read it, definitely. Read his whole thing. It's a great reflection. And may you be encouraged by the fact that we have a God who has a fondness for unnoticed things. Um, what am I reading lately? Again, I'm still reading uh, Gerhard Fer- Ferdi's Theolo- Theology is for Proclamation. Um, as I've said before, it's a gold mine for homiletical, uh, sort of insights, sort of insights on how to preach, what to preach, what does preaching look like. Um, I'm going to be reflecting on this a lot more, and in fact, um, over the last several weeks, um, I might be trying to put together somewhat of a, uh, a primer that is reflecting on this. I don't know, We're, we'll see what kind of see what. See, see what develops um, and see kind of what God does through that. But uh, really encouraged by that book so far and how he is drawing this distinction between uh, systematic theology and sort of the theology behind preaching. So, and why theology is necessary for the event of the proclamation, even though um, we don't always include um, theology in our proclamation. Our proclamation is concerned with what? It's concerned with the good news of Christ crucified and and proclaiming that news as current and present for the congregation, for the churchgoer. Really thankful for that book. It's already proven really, really insightful, really impactful. So uh, if you want, uh, click the link, pick up that for yourself. Uh, I think you'll be encouraged by it. What else has been helpful? So there's a slew of articles I kind of want to go through um, that have been impactful in one way or another to me. And um, I really want to just take my time sort of going through them. Um, In an article entitled Rainstorms, Rainstorms and Reformations, that um, was published a, a while back, over in 1517. Sam Schuldheist, Schuldheist, um, sorry if I pronounced your name wrong, brother. Um, but he recounts the um, eponymous storm that started the Reformation. Uh, you might know this story. Uh, the law student Martin Luther was, uh, as the legend goes, caught in a terrible, terrible thunderstorm during which he seeks refuge under a tree and he vows to, you know, enter a monastery if God allows him to survive. And of course he does, and of we could say the rest is history. Uh, that's sort of what leads to him going into studying, um, studying the scriptures as an Augustinian monk, Uh, which eventually leads him to have this awakening towards the gospel, which is the spark that we could say that ignites the Protestant Reformation. Um, Sam really reflects on this in a really particularly awesome way, but I like how he wraps up all these thoughts about this thunderstorm and, and the gospel itself that is God's thunderstorm. Um, this thunderhead of good news that we could say. Um, Listen to how Sam kind of wraps this up because I think it's really impactful uh, how he puts it all together. He writes this, quote, "...through Martin Luther, God would unleash a far greater storm than the one which overwhelmed Luther on July 2nd, 1505. God caused a good storm to fall upon the heart and mind of Luther and those who heard and still hear his teaching and preaching that we are saved by grace through faith in Christ, crucified for sinners." In time, Luther discovered that the gospel was itself a tornado swirling with comfort and consolation of the free forgiveness of sins for Christ's sake. And this gracious storm fell upon the consciences of people long stricken by the thundering judgment of the law. In the years following this July storm, God hurled a Category 5 hurricane of good news, comfort, and grace in Christ crucified right down on Luther and the church. Many faithful baptized believers whose consciences had been buffeted by long years of the church's penitential system and its storm surge of legalism and works righteousness finally felt the relief in hearing the good news that christ is their redeemer and their shelter in the time of storm i think what sam gets at here is really accurate really quite profound, that this gospel that Luther didn't necessarily discover, but he rekindled, he rediscovered, he refound in that old sort of forge of studying the book of Romans, what he found was, in effect, a thunderhead. A thunderhead of good news that became the spearhead of the Reformation that, that recovered this amazing and incredibly profound piece of gospel. The effects of which that we're still gleaning today—it's still changing lives, it's still uh, saving sinners, still bringing people to repentance, still making the world new. This is the sum and substance that we have as the church. Um, We could say, in some ways, that this thunderhead of the gospel is still in effect today. It's still bringing souls to salvation even to this day and we can be thankful for that we can be thankful that we are called to proclaim that same good news the very good news that luther in effect changed the world by is the same news that paul took up arms and started the church with and it's the same good news that exists today um, We, the church, are called to preach nothing less than that same message. Christ crucified for sinners. That is the fountainhead from which all life, faith, spirituality, religion, all of those things that you could insert there, they all spring from that. They all are downstream of the good news that we have a deliverer and his name is Jesus. And he was delivered up for our transgressions and he was, yes, raised again for our justification. From that, we have good news, and we can preach it. We can bring it home. We can deliver the goods for those who are lost, those who are dying. Um, really thankful for that piece from Sam over on 1517. Uh, reflect on that. Reflect on the, the, the storm of the gospel that's still raging to this day. Next up, though, in somewhat of a similar tone and a similar sort of topic we could say is a piece from my friend Todd Brewer over on Mockingbird in which he examines this idea of preaching and especially as is the the title for the piece preaching that connects um somewhat related to um that book by ferdy theology is for proclamation i've been really moved um by lots of different essays and books that speak to this importance on the necessity of preaching the resonance of preaching but also what constitutes the message of preaching and i think perhaps a theology of preaching is somewhat developing i think through all this um as a preacher, I take that quite literally, I take that very seriously. I take it uh, very, I, I, I take it to heart. What makes for a sound sermon? What, what constitutes preaching? Well, as Todd sort of um, articulates here, it's, it's not ethics, it's not philosophies, it's not even catechesis. It's not even well sort of thought out illustrations. What preaching is about is what we just sort of articulated. It's Christ at him crucified. It's it's this. Todd writes this, quote, Jesus certainly had many ethical teachings, but their genius cannot be reduced to practical advice. If one seeks wisdom about how to live well, Jesus will be a disappointing, if not infuriating, mentor. He was the strangest ethicist then and continues to be ill-fitted for pragmatics. The righteousness he demands exceeded that of the scribes and the Pharisees. If you've done everything right, he will ask you to sell everything you have and give it to the poor. He demanded nothing short of one's very life in service of others. One cannot grasp the ethical content of his preaching without being confronted by its impossibility. Anything short of this demotes Jesus to the the, the status of yet another secular moralist. Genuine preaching does not speak about god as a spectator looking on from a distance but on god but on behalf excuse me of god as an ambassador the preacher bears the word of god and declares it as god's word for you but this broader structure does not define the specific content of preaching taking a step closer to the heart of the matter genuine preaching is none other than the demonstration that one is in need of forgiveness And the declaration that God actively forgives in the here and now, genuine preaching properly distinguishes between law and gospel, employing both, in that order, to bind and loose the sinner from themselves, freeing them to love their neighbor. Again, that's what makes preaching so powerful. It's not about basic instructions before leaving earth, as the old tired idiom sort of goes. It's not even about your, pro- your improvement, moral or otherwise. Actually, preaching is about the glory of God and the forgiveness of sins and the revelation of God's only Son come in the flesh, interrupting the history of the world to showcase what? That from before the foundation of the world, this has been the plan all along, that God would redeem sinners from their sins by taking on their sins on himself dying for them on the tree this has been the point this is the purpose this is the premise again i would say of every sermon that's been the point that i think that paul makes it's the point you could say that luther makes i think it's the point that i'm definitely finding myself saying that this is the hill i'm going to die on that everything goes back to christ Everything goes back to that. Jesus is, he's not just a a philosopher or a teacher or a moralist, an ethicist, some sort of humanitarian that shows us what amazing kindness and generosity looks like. Jesus is a redeemer. He's the great high priest of our faith, as it says in Hebrews, except he becomes the sacrifice too. He is both priest, both priest and sacrifice. When he goes behind that veil, as it talks about everywhere in Hebrews, the blood he sprinkles on the altar that purchases our atonement isn't just some lambs, it's his own. And that's why we can be so sure of the hope we have in Jesus. Because he has made it so sure in himself And what better news are we to share than that? What better tidings do we have to share as preachers, as church members? What better announcement can we make than that? Christ for you. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you've been blessed by this episode of Ministry Minded hope you'll subscribe to this podcast. You can do so on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify on Spotify or right here on Substack. I appreciate so much all your encouragement, all your support. Thank you so much for listening, even when there's delays in shows coming out. Thank you so much. Uh, leave your comments. Uh, leave your questions right here, and I'll look to address those in coming episodes. Otherwise, thank you so much for, get, for listening again. God bless you, and I'll see you on the next episode.